Good, good. It got warmer the past couple of days, so it's actually pretty nice. And I found a beautiful setting for you guys, despite, you know, the atrocity of all these colors representing the 17 Sustainable Development Goals of the UN. I'm in front of Gold's house. But if you uh, ignore that and you just look at the mountains and the scenery, it's actually quite beautiful with the snow. Yeah, they don't have their events at, uh, at, at low, low, uh, low rent places, do they? they? They tend to go really big. So it's beautiful, of course. The 17 development goals are to uh, full track and trace surveillance enslavement. So it's, it's a nice juxtaposition <laughs> to choose such a, yes. such a location. Um, I wanted to jump to a video that I pulled up and then have your comments on it because I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay, roll the video and we'll come and right back to Tonight I'm also North. making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny as your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. You know about that? Ooh. Ooh. I didn't know you know so much. I'm very, well, New Hampshire, very smart people. Very, uh, very current. You know what they're doing. Such a currency would give a federal government, our federal government, the absolute control over your money. They could take your money. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even know it was gone. This would be a dangerous well, threat to freedom, and I will that stop may very to America. <laughs> that may very well be the shot heard around the world, uh, or what? Donald Trump throwing a big bomb right there to Davos. <laughs> exactly, Mel. Already, uh, he was the talk of the town this entire week, even though President Trump wasn't here. And now with that firing shot, you're sure to, to have more heads exploding here today in uh, and Davos, because what he said is so, so important. And it is 100% the anti-WEF message that was sent to the people here in Davos that are working on uh, the construction of what I call these digital jails that they have planned for us. And CBDCs are an intrinsic part of these digital jails. They want to track and trace every single thing we do, every single thing we buy, every single quote carbon emission and uh it's it's essentially what they are planning here is the same thing that is going on in, in china a social credit score system except that it's being disguised as a benevolent you know project to save the planet and to protect us and to prepare us for all of these different doomsday scenarios that they are planning to deploy yeah. on us so that's what's really going on and uh that message by president trump was uh extremely extremely important yeah and i think heads were exploding yesterday in davos when uh jamie Dimon came out and said you know i really don't like how trump says things but he's been right about a lot uh and he yeah. and he elaborated and you could see the faces of the people he was talking to yeah. kind of be like wait no don't say that don't say that and he kept talking and jamie yeah. diamond for those who don't know is the uh head of chase and he uh is probably the most powerful banking executive in, in the world certainly in america w what did you what did you think of that and uh and him actually coming out uh for the positive, also saying that the message that Joe Biden is spreading uh, about MAGA Republicans and all of that yeah. is a failed message. Yeah, I spoke about this uh, yesterday on Steve Bannon's war room, and I said that uh, it was so clear to me that it was damage control and that President Trump was living rent-free in these people's heads here in Davos. So we had a little bit of a chuckle with that with Steve. But it is. Uh, but then I... You can laugh about it, you know, uh, on the face of it when you hear it. But then it, when you really think about it, the gall of this man to sit here 
and Davos and to say this to these reporters on Squawk Box, it's, it's just so hypocritical because it's not just about, you know, oh, we need to listen to these people now and maybe they have a point and we need to ask, you know, why, um, why they are voting for Trump and not just demonize them. Just, it, it's not about just demonizing America first patriots. Look at the operation and the fact that the entire national security apparatus has been turned inwards against the American people. And you have, you have citizens that are actually sitting, upstanding citizens that are sitting in jail right now who are denied due process, who are denied uh, their constitutional rights. I mean, it's so appalling. And so the goal of this guy to just sit here and pretend like we're going to ignore everything they've done against the American people based on this demonization, based on this rhetoric of extreme um, MAGA, of domestic terrorism, of white supremacists. No, we're not going to forget the last uh, six or so years uh, or even longer because patriots right. have always been a target of the, of the government. But it's, it's just, it's so hypocritical. And honestly, all of it here in any case is so hypocritical. So it's very fitting that, uh, that this came out yesterday. Yeah, and what's very disturbing about almost all of this is what you talked about, about the intelligence agencies being turned against us. Mm -hmm. I've always said that I think the Patriot Act is the most unconstitutional thing ever passed in America. It was passed at a time similar to the COVID where we were in panic and fear and the government came in, even though it was written before 9-11, they swept it in under, they have to protect us from the terrorists and then started the endless war on terror. So we have to start being a little smarter about what we're hearing because what another panel that you sat in was about that the solution to corruption and cybercrime is the digital global ID. And uh, we are finding out multiple things this week, especially we, we went through the Twitter files and everything else. But now we're finding out that um, the financial services uh, division of the government that oversees um, suspicious transactions was flagging through their yes. uh, banking partners any searches about or any purchases that had the name Trump in them and, and other uh, patriotic terminology through the banking system. So again, now this woman's up there on stage saying the only solution is that everyone has a digital global ID, which you and I both know attaches to yeah. the World Health Organization ID and the CBDC. They're all one in the same. No, absolutely. And this is nothing new. You know, we also found out after January 6th that Bank of America gave uh, information about private citizens and their whereabouts if they were in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and January 6th. I mean, this is so egregious. Every single American should be shocked to their core that this is going on. And with this latest news that you just mentioned as well, I mean, it's, it is really a case of the U.S. government, this regime being actively against the citizens it purports to represent. And um, and this is not just the case in America. Uh, this is a global problem for populations across the world in different nations. And the panel you mentioned was um, very important and took place uh, this morning. And it was entitled, How Can Cyber Defenders Win? And the first uh, panelist who expressed himself was the Interpol Secretary General. Wow. And, um, and for like a few minutes, he proceeds to like hype up the threat, the cyber threat that we face in the world. 
And, you know, obviously this ties in with general WEF messaging of the past few years of the different initiatives they have around cybersecurity, um, namely, you know, this initiative or this simulation uh, event that they held um, a few years in a row, Cyber Polygon, um, right. the same model of event 201 that they did for the pandemic. Uh, they adapted it for um, the event of a, of a cyber attack or multiple cyber attacks. And so um, this guy from Interpol just proceeds to like hype up the threat. And, you know, they always do the same thing. It's fear, 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 panic, panic, panic. And then they put in all these policies and these regulations. And so off the heels of uh, the Interpol Secretary General, then you had this lady from India who discusses that one of the ways to ensure security, you know, online is to introduce um, digital IDs. I'm paraphrasing here, but this was in essence the message. That is the solution that they're going to want to introduce to respond to the threat that is cyber uh, security. So they always use the same uh, playbook, Mel. I'm so glad you're bringing up Interpol, and Interpol has notoriously been uh, had lots of problems and uh, corruption and other things in there. But what people don't know, when people say, well, how are they going to uh, enforce the uh, 17 Sustainable Development Goals and all the other things that they have planned to uh, track, trace, surveil, um, and enslave us on a digital level? Well, Interpol is a partner of the United Nations since 1996. And not too long ago, when they were putting out all of their updated uh, development goals, Interpol was found in a couple of the different um, uh, breakouts of the sustainable development goals, particularly the ones on cybercrime identity and all of that. And all of a sudden people were saying, well, what does Interpol have to do with the World Economic Forum and the UN? People never knew about this. Well, there is, in fact, a plan to have Interpol be the uh, enforcer. And you and I remember when, you know, it was originally uh, now King Charles, Thank you Prince for Charles, watching the Melkay Show. Please like, the COVID, subscribe, and share. And, uh, the Build Back Better and all of that. And so this all yeah. ties together to who is going to enforce it, because if you recall, when he was talking about the Great Reset, uh, King Charles said that, um, in fact, it might need to be done militarily to enforce all that they need to do for the climate emergency and uh, and yes. against our will, basically. So this is not new. And Interpol being a partner of the UN and World Economic Forum yeah. is a little disturbing because they can flag anyone anywhere in the world. That's how it works. They are basically yeah. the international police force and um, have no oversight at, at any point with our nation states. Exactly, Mel. You summarized it perfectly. And this is the reason why I wanted to stand in front of the Goals House, the UN Sustainable Development Goals House here in Davos, because People need to understand that all of these organizations are part of one of right. one uh, architecture and they all serve different purposes, but they all work together like nodes in a system and they all help each other and coordinate to advance the plan. And, um, and military action, police action on a global scale is... Um, not off the table, as you mentioned yesterday in your closing, and you talked about this initiative by the UN. And I've talked about this several times, and I've uh, tweeted about it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, with the chaos that they want to uh, unleash on the world in 2024, more particularly, I wouldn't be surprised that they use all of these Black Swan events 
and the chaos that they were that they will unleash to justify having boots on the ground of a global military as uh, as it would be. Yeah, I mean, my 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 belief is at this point, um, there is no need for NATO to be around anymore. It was created uh, under the guise of fighting the USSR. Uh, the only reason to keep NATO around is to have a one world military, in my opinion. Yeah. And frankly, that is what it's turning out to be. It is not a defensive force at this point. So that is another part of this whole thing is how does NATO fit into this? Because again, NATO has their own Agenda 2030 if you go to yeah. their website. So we have to remember Agenda 2030 on any of these sites means that they are a partner at the highest level. Now, yesterday, also, the um, representative from China got up and spoke, and he was talking about that we have to have these sustainable development goals, we have to meet the Agenda 2030 uh, recommendations. Meanwhile, China's not sticking with it at all. So it's it's very interesting. And again, you and I have both reported on, but Klaus Schwab in the past and Bill Gates, Rockefeller back in the day, all the Kissinger... They've always commented on how China's, uh, you know, efficiency of how they run their society, i.e. Yeah. communism, is the best model for the control of us all. Oh, yeah, they're on record. I think it was um, Charlie Munger, uh, Warren Buffett's uh, partner, right-hand man who passed away, I think, a few months ago. He's on record. You can find the videos where he explicitly says um, and uh, um, expresses his admiration for how China runs um, their country and how they handled COVID with all of yeah. their draconian measures. And this is the model that they want for the entire world and especially for the West, which is why you see such an assault and such an attack on the West because they want to bring the West into a similar model, except that, you know, I say at least China is relatively honest about how they run their society. Here they exactly. want the exact same model, but they're disguising it as um, as being as saving us from all these threats that they have created themselves in the first place. And uh, just to come back to the cyber um, security threat, which I think is going to be a big part of 2024 as well. Uh, yep. There's uh, there was this other panel today uh, at the at the West Open Forum entitled "Cracking the Code," and I just want to read the description. According to the WEF's Global Security Outlook Report of 2023, 43% of organizational leaders think it is likely that a cyber attack will materially affect their organization in the next two years. How can we foster innovation and cooperation to ensure preparedness against oh, wow. increasingly sophisticated cyber threats caused by extensive collaboration among cyber criminal networks and their adoption of emergent technologies? So these two were kind of running in parallel, these two panels today. So they're setting the stage. You know, I read that Substack the other day about disease X and how they're setting the stage. They're also setting the stage, uh, not only for a future pandemic, but also for, you know, cyber attacks in 2024. Yeah. And you know, it's also disturbing. There are about 50, I believe, elections this year, including uh, the Russian yeah. election and the U.S. election. And another thing yeah. that was uh, in, in those cyber type panels was the suggestion that AI and other means could protect the vote. So there was and, and that we wouldn't really need to vote because, you know, AI can do it and algorithms. Yeah. I mean, ter terribly terrifying. And again, you brought up uh, cyber polygon exercise. And this is all together. It's it's all yeah. one in the same. And then preparedness, you know, that's us saying, oh, oh no, oh no, do whatever you need to do to secure it when it's the opposite. Yeah. 
No, listen, everybody should watch that clip. I reposted it as well. It was from uh, the WEF um, annual meeting in 2017. It was a conversation between Klaus Schwab and Sergey Brin of right. Google. And uh, Klaus Schwab clearly states that we won't need to have elections in the future because AI will be able to predict the outcomes. Yeah, and think about what year that was. So, you know, as you and I have discussed on many of our shows, anything that we're seeing now, anything that the partners of the World Economic Forum are presenting, they've already had for years. It's funny, I talk to people, like we were talking about Interpol, people look at, say, the movie Minority Report and think it's fiction. Yeah. They have that technology and people are handing them because people have to understand their data, their, when they scan their eyes to get on the plane quicker or they put their hand to pay for stuff at um, yeah. at Amazon stores, they have to understand that information, that, that, that data, that personal, very personal, the most private information you have, you're handing to you don't know who. And at this point, it's very hard to trust anyone. And, and I know that you know this, but the people out there have to start taking very seriously their security when it comes to what you are handing off because the state of our nation and the world is one of surveillance track and trace where they're not telling you that they're watching you at all. Absolutely. And it is completely linked as well to the increase of satellites that are being put in our in orbit. I don't know which layer, you know, right above exactly. uh, the atmosphere. Um, uh, it's no coincidence. It's because they need these satellites in order to push forward with the digitization of the entire society of all the services that uh, we are used that we that we are using right now because they've made so much progress. Excuse me, <coughs> they've made so much progress in digitizing all aspects of our society and rendering these services ubiquitous. And you can barely function today if you don't have a smartphone. Um, and yeah. this is going to increase exponentially in the in the coming you know 12, 24 months. Yeah, that's by design, of course, that you can't do anything yeah. without your smartphone. But it's unfortunate yeah. because not enough people, obviously, because we have a corrupt, captured uh, news media all over the world by yeah. the same people that you're there with. People don't fully understand yeah. that the global public-private partnership includes the media. So they're not even telling people that what you post online is being scraped on the back end for these people to know what to do. And also, you're talking about the predictive preparation for the cyber attack yeah. that they have planned coming. Well, people are walking right into that by not protecting yes. themselves online. Very important people understand this. Yes, no, absolutely. Listen, there is preparedness that needs to be done on our part, but it's certainly not the preparedness that they are proposing here at Davos. Well, what is your big takeaway from, because it's taken a big turn towards digital, towards obvious outward surveillance, towards, um, we also have the other clip, uh, I think we're running a little late, but I'll play it after, of uh, Benioff talking about uh, digital people and how we'll have to deal with digital people. That reminds me of when Harari said there are no human rights, you know, there are no the free will and that we'll have to accept uh, uh, the fourth industrial revolution, their other big theme. You know, when I um, mentioned, you know, the when I revisited the themes of this week and came up with my own, one of them was the destruction of economies and of jobs, and they completely want to destroy um, jobs that are, you know, carried out by human beings. And that panel was exactly about that. They're going to use AI to render us completely obsolete as human beings, and uh, they they want to change the face of the world in ways that I. Even if I study all this stuff, I don't think I can even imagine how dystopian 
it, it, it's going to be. It's so sick and twisted and evil now. But they that's why they're pushing also um, UBI, universal yep. basic income. Exactly. And then that's why they're also pushing the metaverse. There were a couple of panels on the metaverse uh, today. And basically, we come back to that one famous video. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. You'll be stuck in a pod eating the bugs with the with the with the um, thing on your head, you know, to, right. to be in the metaverse. Um, and, uh, and while they, you know, can still travel and, and enjoy life as, as human beings, but it's not going to happen. We're not going to let them. No, no, it's a, this week, like I said to you before we came on, I've seen more people, you and I've been talking about this for years, but I've seen more people mm -hmm. all over the place, especially uh, America's catching up, but the rest of the world is pointing at these people and telling them to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you saw the Argentina uh, president and other people, and there was a lot of mocking. And at this point, we kind mm -hmm. of have to mock it. It is so insane, and I'm yes. so grateful for your work. And this is not what humanity wants or needs or accepts. These people are unelected. They, they've put themselves themselves in some kind of position. But you know what? The target's on them. They know it. That's why this whole event was about restoring trust. You don't restore yeah. trust when you've already broken it to the point that all of these people have. Any last words before I let you go? And then we'll we'll recap again tomorrow. Yes. Now we'll recap again tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day. I'll be tuning in live from Geneva, uh, which is where the web headquarters are. Um, but no, this is, this is my last day here in the snow. But uh, I'll have more uh, to share tomorrow, so stay tuned. Thank you so much, Noor. You're doing incredible work, really important for the whole world. I am so grateful to you. Thank you for being here. Very grateful to you, Mel. Speak tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. Day four, uh, they've gone full cyber polygon exercise, full fourth industrial revolution, full metaverse, if you recall. Um, uh, Zuckerberg and everyone else have been pushing this for a long time. They are partners of the World Economic Forum. And like uh, Nor said, this includes not just the full track and trace surveillance digital ID, but universal basic income. It also, people have to understand the other side of this. And part of what the pandemic did was destroy the middle class. Uh, the middle class are the people that fight back. The middle class are the people that uh, have ingenuity and create. They're the entrepreneurs. They're the small business people. The globalist billionaire oligarchy do not want that competition anywhere. If you recall during the lockdowns, essential businesses were only the ones that were controlled by the globalist uh, multinational corporations, most of them partners of the World Economic Forum. So this isn't a surprise. Now, um, I do want to play a video of Bill Gates yesterday uh, for you guys and then come back and uh, just comment on it uh, briefly before we end. I want to point to something you wrote about in your Gates notes looking ahead to 2024 when you said this election will be pivotal for the presidential election in the U.S., that is, will be pivotal for climate and health. Can you dig into that a little bit for us? Well, I'm a huge believer in uh, more generosity to poor countries uh, to help them with their climate challenges, so-called climate adaptation, and uh, to drive health. You know, the yeah. biggest R&D budget for health in the world is the U.S. government R&D budget, the U.S. government, uh, NHIV, you know, under President Bush, uh, created an HIV program called PEPFAR that saved tens of millions of lives. And so the U.S. government is the biggest player. Uh, and, you know, getting a group in that uh, maintains generosity, spends that money well for health challenges and climate challenges, you know, I, I hope 
we achieved that. Okay. okay. Do you want to put a fine point on it and tell us which one you well, think Well, you can interpret this how you want, well, well, but I interpret you know, it as somebody who it, really, really believes that uh, their generosity has kept the uh, the world going somehow. Uh, he did report um, from Davos, uh, the report came out that they were going to be putting $8 billion, the most money ever, into the healthcare system this upcoming year. Of course, that also includes all kinds of track and trace surveillance, vaccine measures all over the world, whether people like it or not. And um, there is a little bit of him saying, you know, if you want my generosity to continue to keep uh, helping everyone on the planet, uh, well, it's going to have to be my way. And that that is the problem here. These are unelected, uh, basically people that are just billionaires and trillionaires. They, uh, Bill Gates has a, a higher net worth than most uh, small countries' GDPs. And there he is telling you right now that it's pretty much up to him uh, what is going to happen for us, good or bad, as long as he stays with his generosity, we're all in good shape. So, you know, here we go. They are uh, exposing themselves as they are. There were many other panels. We're going to have a big wrap up this week. But what you have to take away from all of this is that there is nothing on planet Earth that is worth giving up our sovereignty, our individual liberty, our freedom, and all the things that make uh, being alive worthwhile, because that is what they are talking about. This is a group of people that have decided Decided that they are the parent corporation of planet Earth, and that is how they're treating us through the corporations and the banks and and the uh, philanthropists, uh, you know, the the NGOs, all of these people. It's all for our own good. And meanwhile, uh, take a look at their net worth and how much it's grown since the pandemic started, as our economies and our lives have become far more expensive. So please uh, stay tuned tomorrow at 9:30 a.m. I will be live one more time with Nor Ben Laden on Davos. And we will see you tomorrow morning live on X and Rumble, X at Mel K Show and Rumble, the Mel K Show. Thank you so much. Subscribe, share, and we'll see you tomorrow. Share and be sure to join us seven nights a week on the front line in this information war. See you there. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, that everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0. My pet fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com Mel Carey here. Looks like X is going to be the front line for the battle for 2024. So I am back on X. See me at the Mel K Show. At Mel K Show. At Mel K Show. And I will see you at on the front lines as we march into 2024 and turn this country around. See you at Mel K Show.